Welcome to another episode of Castle Run Collecting. I'm your host, Eric, and with me as always, my good friend Matt. Joining us again this episode is Normie Chris, who's continuing her education about all things Star Wars and Star Wars collecting. And as we are recording this, uh, there is only one more episode of Ahsoka left. Uh, how are you feeling about it right now, Matt? Uh, you know, with Ahsoka, it's had its highs and lows. I really like the episode where we saw, saw Clone Wars Anakin and saw young Ahsoka. And we saw like Anakin in his Clone Wars outfit. To be honest with you, dude, and I hate to say this, my biggest gripe is Thrawn. I like Bale. Well, not Bale, but uh, what's his name? Balin. Uh, Balin. And I like Shin Hati. I like Ahsoka, and I really like Sabine. Ezra, I mean, I was never a big, huge Ezra guy to begin with. So, oh, yeah, Ezra's kind of like a mid guy. Uh, yeah, that's, that's me anyway. I don't care. I love Enoch and the Night Troopers. They look sweet. I liked them. I liked the big wolf thing. I actually liked a lot of this. I, I didn't think I would as much, but because I don't, I have reservations on Filoni. And when it's his characters doing what he wants to do with it, he usually writes okay because he doesn't want anything to happen to his characters. Thrawn, he's trying to do what Zahn did with Thrawn. Not as good, but I'm going to let it go at this point just because I'd rather him not use Thrawn. I'd rather they bring in someone who was who understand he, he knows Thrawn. And since he's apparently said all the right things that are all the right yes men over at LFL, he gets to use them and everything. I'd rather them just go ahead and get Thrawn back to the universe and become a big threat. And I'd like to see them explore this new galaxy some. I'd like to see like this you're on this whole other world. You have these little like a uh, RFR called them for the Hermit Crab Trailer Park guys. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I thought they were awesome. And I thought the big wolf thing, the howlers they were, were walking with were awesome. So far, the only thing that's kind of really cheesed me is they killed off the Inquisitor real quick. Like, oh, and like, what the hell? That was kind of a letdown. I figured he'd be some kind of a fatty to fight more with, but you know, it's whatever. Um, well, I, well, I think I remember saying that. I had a feeling that he was going to basically be mid-level boss battle. He was there just to have another Sable duel and have him taken out on the way to the big bad. And it turned out that that was pretty much it. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. What so just think, think in a year from now, uh, is that figure going to peg warm? <laughs> because people are going to be like, why? Why would yeah. I want to get it? Anyway, it's, yeah. I'll, I'll give it a strong b at this point i know for me like next to the mandalorian this is andor actually just rewatched andor all the way right. through so we... and i got i got more out of it the second viewing where i think the first time you watch a star wars movie sometimes your brain is looking all over the place you know and you're trying to take in all this side stuff and not yeah. focusing on the story as much. And so the second time through, I definitely got a little bit more out of it and understood it. I liked it the first time. I liked it even better the second time. But I still might say every episode of Ahsoka, I look forward to a little bit more than Andor. I would say coming Mando being 
number one, Ahsoka being number two, just for the reason that it is more Star Wars. I really like it. It it's kind of weird that it's supposed to be Ahsoka's story because it feels more like Rebels season four a little bit. And I think Sabine is actually more interesting than Ahsoka. I think Balin and Shin are a little bit more interesting than Ahsoka. <laughs> and it could just be that, you know, Balin and Shin are elevated just for the fact that we don't know as much about them. But yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be wrapped up next episode. I really think they're going to head back to the known galaxy and that is going to be setting up whatever the movie is. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, I mean they what... could wrap it up. There have been other series where it's like, okay, let, let's get on with it. We're running out of time here. And then in one, and two, one or two episodes, they wrap everything up. So it is entirely possible they do that. <clears throat> I don't really see that happening. As far as Thrawn goes... He's okay. He's not as impressive as I would like <laughs> being an old school Thrawn fan. Yeah, so I as far as Thrawn goes, I'm I'm kind of meh. I like how I've I've seen, you know, some of his thinking like we saw um in the cartoon, so that's been a little bit nice to see, but again, it's not as obvious so it's it's still a little lackluster i did like ahsoka's you know transition from kind of like broody beating herself up and and now you know she's gone through this transition into a little bit lighter hearted um so that i have enjoyed uh the sabine reunion i i felt that was a little weird um it came off as kind of dry to me like you haven't seen this person you've finally found them after you've been looking for them for so long and it's a oh hey kind of nonchalant moment he didn't you know see her coming off from the distance and then run out and be like holy cow you're here you actually made it i knew i could count on you like he wasn't you know there was like no excitement there so it was a little weird for me yeah, agreed Ag agreed but i like it i mean andor's still my number yeah one. i, I uh... <laughs> Yeah, I put it slightly. I put it. I put it indoors, so slightly above uh, Ahsoka. Uh, to me, see, I I think Andor feels more like Star Wars to me. But you know, I'm not a Jedi guy, but I do like the high fantasy aspect of it. So it, I mean, it's real close. Uh. All right. Well, let's get into some uh, toy talk here. And just for any listeners that might be new, or even if you're an old listener. Uh, do us a favor and give us a good review on whatever podcatcher you're using. And uh, even if you don't want to do a written review, all you got to do is, uh, I know on Apple Podcasts, you just click a little star and uh, it, it'll help. And what I've been doing is every customer that orders diorama stuff from me, I figure, hey, they're going to be interested in uh, a Star Wars podcast about collecting. So I usually include just like a little flyer i guess you would call it for the show and i've actually had two customers now within like the last week that said they've uh tuned in for the last couple episodes and the last episode we did which was all about tie fighters uh we actually had someone comment they really liked that they would love for us to go and do one about jedi starfighters um which i don't think there's 
quite as many variations there. There are, but you know, it could be like the TIE Fighters. You end up going down a rabbit hole and you realize just how many different ones there were. So maybe that's something we'll do in the future. Uh, if you enjoyed that TIE Fighter episode, I was going to take all the dialogue from that, put it with pictures and post it on our YouTube and Rumble channels. It turned out there were a couple TIE Fighters we missed because I had very little prep when we when we did that. So I went back and I included those and I re recorded all new narration that was very concise and to the point on everything. And uh, that's been up on uh, both YouTube and Rumble for a little bit. So if you enjoyed that and you want the pictures to go with it and get some more clarification and include some of the stuff we missed, uh, go check that out too. I hope you got the uh, the second tie striker, the damaged one from Toys R Us. I don't remember if I included that, but we missed, I think we missed Kylo Ren's. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, it was a TIE Fighter. And you had mentioned that one of the TIE Fighters, you said, didn't have like a red cockpit or something like that. And I was like, no, no. I There was one I missed where the the lens for the bubble was reddish colored. And that was unique. So uh, that was another one that we missed. And so I added that one in there check those out as well a little bit of an update coming from hole in the ground productions speaking of tie fighters and this is one of the things that had sent me down that rabbit hole to begin with is uh recently came out with a tie fighter rack that um can mount under a shelf and you can buy two different versions one for the big wing tie fighter and one for the small wing tie fighter those have been selling fairly well I don't have any for bombers or Darth Vader's TIE fighter or interceptors because uh, they would need designed a little bit differently because of the wings that curve in. Also coming up from Hole Underground Productions soon is the clone mobile command post. And if you're familiar with Battlefront, you know all about command posts <laughs> and the constant uh, gaining and losing of command posts. Is that the one they, sh they show in Attack of the Clones where Yoda goes on it first? Yes, yes, where it's like a little kind of a pod-shaped thing. Yeah, it's yeah. Okay, they only show it like when he's like telling like like something. He because they drop him off there, and then they don't really come back to it that much. Yeah, I I had to scale it down a little because it's actually really really big. I mean, if you really did it to scale to the figures, it would be you know the size of an ATTE, which is underscaled, but you know, roughly that big. So this, I had to scale it down to something reasonable. <laughs> but hopefully within, like, the next week or two, that might be up for sale, too. Let's get into some recent pickups. My list is very short because I haven't gotten anything uh, since last recording. Uh, my Tuscan Fett did hit my pile of loot in Big Bad Toy Store, as well as Nine Numb. Uh, other than that, I don't think I I don't think I picked up anything. Didn't we both get a certain throne room? Yes, yeah, so, yeah, I did. I didn't think to mention that because that's uh, one of our topics we're going to color. Oh, 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 okay. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, okay, so what have we got recently? I we talked. Did I get the M one? By the time you, uh, we talked last time. No, you got that. Finally came in. Um, wow, because on. Big Bad Toy Store, they still have it listed as December. Yeah, it came in. I got mine from 
Pulse or EE? I think mine was EE. I, yeah, it was surprising me too and surprised the wallet. Let me let you know. I was not expecting it. I got a couple little things. Oh, my moth chair job wave finally, finally shipped for me. I've been waiting. You got that when months ago, Jarajad, me and them? Yeah, a couple weeks. A couple Probably weeks, like a month ago. Weeks. Yeah. Well, I finally got mine shipped. Finally got in, I think, yesterday, the day before yesterday. And then, oh, my speeder bike in Grogu came, which is just the repaint of the speeder bike in the gray with the uh, remnant scout trooper and the little Grogu in the bag. He showed up. I don't think I've gotten anything. I mean, I've got two or three things to tell me it's going to be like a target just told me they're getting ready to ship my Grogu in a bag and Bo- book of Boba Fett Luke Skywalker in the training outfit right but who knows when if that's gonna actually going to ship or not because it's target yeah I know the the stores have been pretty dead um and I probably hit five different Walmarts within the last couple weeks and uh you know they'll have a couple black series they seem to be stocking that and the micro collection and the, the galaxies of adventure or whatever that they, they seem to be stocking all of that they're just not stocking vintage collection um i did hit one the other day that was about two hours away from me and they had endor han they had jerjerod they had the tuscan fet nine numb they had like all the new stuff and i'm like hmm yeah thank you thank you <laughs> finally find it you know after at least uh, two of them hit my pile of loot and a couple others I have in hand. But that's uh, that's why the name of the game is pre-order. So you make sure you can actually get this stuff. Yeah. It's crazy how much they're willing to stock Black Series, yet let TBC twist in the wind after a third HasLab we've showed them we're willing to put the money up. Yeah. All right. It might so... be a little early to see an effect on that on buying decisions from the stores though yeah yeah you're right but 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 if you look at the track record over the past few years it's it's kind of like either one of two things is happening either they are under ordering tvc which is why it's always gone from the pegs or it's selling really well okay both of those would be a reason to order more right i mean if you order something and it sells through it's a good seller order more okay and or you know you're not ordering enough so you don't know if people will buy it either way they should be stocking more <laughs> so yeah i would I, not be surprised if it's a little bit of both where they're not really ordering enough because figures of all originally figures were the loss leader that you go with the vehicles but there's no vehicles for really to speak of anymore so they're just going with the black series because they think you know this eke out just a sliver more profit and it's anyway it's 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 a long economic financial economical circus of bs to get into but we'll, we'll do an entire episode on it one day we are going to get into our topics we got a couple of them uh first one is PulseCon happened a couple couple weeks ago and then both matt and i both you and i received our 
Boba Fett throne room. So we're going to do a review of that. And then we're going to get back to our top 10 figure list. Uh, this is going to be our top 10 Saga 1 figures. So let's get into PulseCon. It was kind of underwhelming. There wasn't a whole lot. And we're not really going to be covering Black Series. Uh, if you're new to the show, uh, I'll just tell you up front. If you are all about the Black Series, this might not be the show for you. Because we're primarily three and three quarter inch here. Do you want to go through? Uh, I have I have my list down here. Do you want to go through the PulseCon reveals or should I? Uh, let you, I'll, I'll let you go and then I'll give my opinion on them because it's better for the host too because I'm I'm still kind uh, of remember everything that they did because there wasn't much. There wasn't no, a whole lot of PulseCon for us. No, there wasn't. So the first one up, which I'm really excited about, is Director Krennic. We kind of all assumed when that new officer body came out that they're going to be throwing every officer imaginable at us <laughs> using that mold. Um, but I'm happy because we have only ever gotten him in the five POA line, you know, not counting black series. So happy to see he's coming. He looks pretty good. Uh, the next one I am excited for, and that is chopper. He looks really good. Now, He's been released twice before, once in the 5 POA Rebels line, and he was okay. And then there was the much better Disney Parks version, and he actually had uh, the arms uh, that I think they plugged into the side of the head, which the the 5 POA one didn't. He had uh, the little arm in the center of his chest comes out. He came with an extra leg, so you could have the two legs match. Uh, he came with, I don't remember, did he come with the the rocket? I think he came with the rocket where you could use the uh, third leg or the rocket. I I'm know he sure for did. sure came with the with the matching leg from that episode. Yeah. But I can't remember if he came with the rocket. I want to say he did. I think what? he might have, but not yeah. with the flame effects like the Black Series one does. Gotcha, gotcha. But anyway, it was a really good figure. And because it was a Disney Parks exclusive, there was a lot of people that missed out on it. And now we know with the success of the Ghost, we're going to be getting realistic versions of all the Rebels figures, probably. We need Chopper to go with it. So he, he's coming, and they have his... Uh, I don't know if it's a separate piece, but his head is tilted to the side, and I don't know if you can display it with or without that little head tilt. But they included that, which is pretty cool. And I'm guessing the arms work in a similar fashion to the Disney Parks ones that plug into the head. Uh, He comes with... I don't think he comes with the swappable leg, but he does have the center wheel. Now I'm going to have to double-check this at some point. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think he has not quite as much as the Black Series one does. But yeah, it looks really good. So I'm definitely going to pick him up. I'm a Chopper fan. I'm a Droid fan. Uh, it's a no-brainer. I'm getting this one. The next one we have is Hu Yang. And uh, I'm a little underwhelmed by it for one reason. And th- this could just be we're seeing a prototype or something like that. But it looks like they didn't have any paint apps on them. It really looked I, like they were skimping on paint apps. I said the same. Me and Sin both look at it as a... First off, his his head is blue, but it's like a steel blue. It's way too blue on his head. His head's more much more muted in the show, and his his body is like a tan. 
it is a prototype, so maybe they're just using like prototype colors or something. Yeah, like, I mean, to me, it looked like they didn't paint them. Yeah, <laughs> just, it doesn't look like. If there's a like, yeah. just solid color. We all hate carbonized figures. He would be one to carbonize. Yes. Yes, exactly. And then the next reveal we got again. I think we kind of assumed we we had Revan. They're going to repaint him, so they have a two pack of Jedi Revan, basically a repaint, and then a repack of like a twenty <laughs> two thousand nine, I think, uh, build a droid figure of the red HK droid is it's an exclusive it's a two-pack i I think it's going to be pushing 40 bucks for two figures want to repaint want to reissue way overpriced it's an easy pass for me i i want the regular revan i don't care about the variation the hk droid i have almost every build a droid they made but that red one which is also the one that tends to go for more money than most of the other ones I have the the alternate colors of the HK droid, which I actually like those colors better, but the reddish one, I think, is the one that's more accurate to the game. The one thing I'm hoping is that with them re-releasing it, that on the secondary market, the Build-A-Droids and Build-A-Droid parts for the same one will come down a little bit, and I might be able to finish one. So I'm kind of hoping that's what happens there at the very least. What's uh, What's your take on that, Matt? So, all right, first let's start back to the first one. Uh, Krennic. Should have got him in 2016 or 17 in the, for the villain back then when Rogue One came out. Didn't he? And it's now, what, five years into the TBC? We're finally getting him with the new officer body. I was jazzed when I heard, yes, Krennic. And then I saw the figure and I was like, oh no, what did you do? Because they threw that god awful plastic cape from the 5POA figure on him which look guys I know there's a small dedicated faction of plastic capes which I and I understand they don't look as good in certain poses for people keep the little collar around his neck plastic and then just let it drape over his body ah he looks like he's in a bath sheet what it looks like to me <laughs> that's, that's that's my opinion uh, otherwise, yeah I think they should have gone with soft goods definitely yeah on that one, it would have made more sense. Um, his hair is very non-gray. Like the actor, I can't remember his name on the top of my head. He has some spots of gray in his hair, and it wasn't showing. This guy's hair is like nice and brown. But it's an Imperial officer body, especially an ISB body. We've wanted one for a long time. Now we have it. Then we have the HK droid and the other droid. Uh, the droids. The one you said was a, a repaint from the build droid from I think it was Kotor, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, which, you know, I don't have that droid, so I'm glad they're getting it back out there. I like KOTOR a lot, and I didn't. I, I really wanted the my my quirky droid TL meat bag, so yeah, I'll be getting it. The Jedi, the Revan repaint, we all knew that was coming once they released Dark Revan. So it's the it's the contractual agreement that we have to buy to get HK 47. This is the Light Revan? Because those three, and is there one more? Uh, chopper. Oh yeah, Chopper. Uh yeah, I like Chopper a lot. His little head has articulation, like you said. I think, he, and I think the promo shots you can put it back down normally on his head. Some people are kinda grumbling because his little arms don't articulate like they did on the Disney Parks one. They just stick in and go. Which I mean, that's a tiny little thing of articulation if they skimp out on that. But to to go with that, <laughs> so much of Chopper's personality is in those little arm movements. 
Because you love Chopper so much. <laughs> because I do love Chopper so much. So I, I can say that, you know, it's kind of understandable if you don't get that and you're a little disappointed because you can, so much of his personality is those arms. So then we got pipeline reveals and the first one is Cal Kestis in Imperial Officer Disguise. Imagine that, <laughs> that we're going to get another reason to use an Imperial Officer. Again, they're all about reuse like hard <laughs> so uh but i mean it's fine if i guess someone's a completionist on game figures you know they can get it or if someone just wants to use it for another imperial officer uh looks like he's in the white outfit so they're probably just <laughs> they're probably just gonna have a chronic body yeah the calcustus head pretty much yeah like i don't no one was really asking for this figure but they're making it i mean i'll take it just so i can swap just like that four pack of imperial officers i will buy all the imperial officers all right i i troop builder with the empire we need them i'll get tons of them i don't think anyone was asking for this this cow but you know it is what it is okay so um, i don't know if they uh they address this or not but i know how important it is to you matt does he come with a removable hat or does he come with a hat at all at all i don't think he does Okay, I was going to say, because the photo they used, he did not have a hat. And I'm assuming if, I'm assuming they would not completely sculpt a new Calcestis head. They're probably using the one from the other figure they have and uh, may or may not include the hat. That head of hair he has might not work well with the hat either. So, I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. Uh, the next one we got in the pipeline, again, using these molds as much as possible the mandalorian judge which okay i'm pumped the brakes a little bit here hasbro (laughs) i love mandalorians just as much as the next guy but wow so this is an odd one because the judge is there for all of 30 seconds where we could have had ragnar vizsla which is paz's son that would have we been a totally had... different body, though, because now you're talking about a, a, a little kid Mandalorian. Okay, well, a little kid, in, or or the Mandalorian uh, Leak Commander, which they are doing in Black Series, you know? Yeah. It was just a very odd choice. You know, I'm not sure why they would take him over some of the others. I would take, like, any of the ones that were had speaking parts when they were uh, assaulting to retake Navarro. Okay, so you can't use Ragnar Vizsla because you'd have to remake a kid body. All right, that happens. Because you know that's going to be a two-pack with him and Baby Yoda again with those little, like, Nerf Dark paintball things. <laughs> you know that's coming. I would have... I don't mind the uh, the Mandalorian. Like I said, they're using a lot of reuse, but they, but I like these background Mandalorians because they're a lot more muted colors like they, like they should be. Um, because just when they when they get real bright colors and bright like Sabine's, Sabine does that to stand out to make herself distinct. That's why I prefer the other Mandalorians to not be like that. So I'm not too peeved off about it. I just wish I thought there might could have been some others, like maybe the the oh, like the ones that are holding the staffs and that would come with like remember that 501st trooper that came with the 501st standard staff with the flag. Mm-hmm. Remember when they came out of uh, the cave and like. Some of the Mandalorians were the were the standard holders. They had the they had the Clan Vizsla logo on the yeah. uh, flags. Though I would have took one of those and just reused that same flag staff. That'd have been dope. 
but and, they, but they would have to come up with a reason to charge twenty eight dollars for it as a deluxe. I mean, <laughs> because it had this a banner, a banner, and maybe put a little like base work to stand on, and it might be able to hook into a little cave with a little water area you can put water in to make it, and then make the giant crocodile. Yeah, I know when they uh, first said this, the Mandalorian judge. I'm like, who? <laughs> And they showed the picture. I'm like, oh, okay. So he was just one of the armors clan. Okay, whatever. I mean, I guess it does serve a little bit of a purpose because a lot of the Mandalorian figures we have were from Bo-Katan's crew. We have her, Axe Wolves. We got Casca um, Reeves. Uh, you have the regular Death Watch Commando, which, which I guess wasn't technically with her. That was more from when din was like a little kid but it's that same like bluish color scheme and then if they had the fleet commander we would have all these bluish blue gray mandos and then we would have the armor and paws so it could have just been hey let's try to even out the two factions a little bit so honestly i think they could have made him any combination of colors from that clan uh, it wouldn't have really mattered, but then what do you call him? You don't want to just call him Mandalorian because people are going to be like, that's Din Djarin is the Mandalorian. So they need some sort of title for him. Uh, I don't know, Covert Mandalorians because they're part of uh, the Armorer's Covert, as you call them. Um, yeah, yeah, that would work too. But I wouldn't mind seeing some of them that assaulted Navarro. Let me ask I... you, if they'd made a pack of the uh, of the, uh, of the Aquilish Pirates with Vane and all them guys... Would you get any of them? Mm, maybe. You can always use some uh, some various scoundrels. You know, just some, just even as background characters. You know, have them walking around Lost Eisley or whatever. Yeah, those uh, fringe type characters. I mean, they're always good for just kind of filling out a scene, uh, regard, regardless whether they're specific characters or not. I'd probably do it. This one, the Mando Judge, probably going to pass... When you're paying $17, $18 for one figure, I got a bunch of Mandalorians. I really don't need another one that bad. So I will probably pass him up. And then the final pipeline we get is uh, another four-pack of Phase 2 Clone Troopers. This time, they're giving us two regular white ones, one 501st one, and then one of the ahsoka clones ahsoka 332nd kind of a weird choice i understand that there might be people that just kind of want every variation or every paint scheme and they say you know what i'm not going to troop build ahsoka troopers but i do want one and i do want one 501st blue stripe trooper but then why not just do that for the final two and do four variations but it, it just seems kind of weird that they chose to do two white ones and then two variations. Yeah, I mean, because let's not forget, they just came out with... So we got the new bot, we got the new clone body sculpt from the Andor. And, but right before that, they had the 501st re-release and they had the 330 Ahsoka's Trooper released. Like literally the year before that. Mm -hmm. So we got the four-pack of the new body. We got the, the clean Trooper on the Andor card. We got the four of them with Boiler... Or is it Waxer in that 212th pack from Obi-Wan Kenobi's division? So this way, I kind of understand from a marketing standpoint why they're doing it that way. Because this way, 
you know, if you get, you don't have to get, you get two basics. All right. That's the troop builder you want. Cause if they made just four white clone troopers, like they did those four white stormtroopers there about was it, three years ago, three or four years ago, they did that. Those would sell out instantly. And what this tells me is they're purposely not doing them all 501st or all 330, all Ahsoka or all white, because they're planning on bringing those figures out again on card. Even though, but we just got them so soon, they're they don't want to. They they know it's been sated currently for the want for those. So give it about another year or two when we're about three or four years away from those single card releases, and they can bring out that new body again with with the five hundred first with Ahsoka's troopers. I I kind of do understand why they're doing it. I'm not a huge clone guy. I'll pick up a pack of them just because I just want to. I'm a completist on three three four. If you're a huge clone guy, of course you're going to buy these because you get two plain ones and you get to build. Because I guess the three, I guess the Sokos clone trooper was kind of hard to find. So it wasn't for me. We had, I was able to get it up, but some people were really looking for that thing. And then, um, of course, 501st is Vader's Legion and everyone wants to recreate the assault on the temple and all that good stuff. So, well, here's what doesn't make sense. Okay. What they could do, they're obviously manufacturing currently or you know, before these come out, all three versions. That means even if, say, the Ahsoka clone four-packs that were completely sold out, they would they would be able to restock those. They would also be able to restock, or if they never offered them, I don't think they did, uh, the 501st, okay? And then you would have the white clones. And the white clones would be done in double the amounts that the other two are rather than put those three in a pack together do a little bit of shuffling around and you have a solid pack of all three of them that you could get and you're just manufacturing the plain white clones and twice the quantity as the ahsoka ones and the 501st that's what that's why i don't understand why they are going this route you're making too much sense there Eric. all right they want their money and they want their money now they can't wait for people to you know wait for their specific clone they want out they need people to Get that fear of missing out. Do it right now. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know what they're they're hoping that if someone says, I really want four Ahsoka clones, I'm going to buy four of these packs to do it. I don't see a whole lot of people doing that sort of thing. So I'm not exactly sure what their what their end game is on it. Just very, very strange. Anyway, that wraps up all the Paul Scott <laughs> reveals. You know, something I do all the time whenever I go to type Ahsoka, I always go to spell it wrong and catch myself. I always go A-S-H, and then I'm like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> I do it almost every time. So it's not that I don't know how to spell her name. I don't know. I guess because Ash, Ahsoka, I don't know. I go do it every well, time. Well, that's from her original name was going to be used. Ashley, she was really yeah. Be Ashley, yeah, from the little girl True. from... Which we might be seeing in here in a few minutes, just saying. <clears throat> so, uh, the one big thing I did get is, and you got it too, but apparently uh, you haven't had time to get around to opening yours yet, yet, is we got in the the Book of Boba Fett throne room. So anyway, I'll, I'll give you my take on it. Is uh, So I opened it up. It was very well packed. It was uh, like the sail barge. It was double boxed. And you, you take it out, decent size, you open it up, and then inside it has three other boxes. 
Now, everything packaged. Packaged as if it's a really premium product. And I kind of get they want people to, you know, they want the stuff to stay in good condition. And they want to present it like a premium item, considering we're paying a premium price. But I do sometimes wonder, could you shave 5 or $10 off and have less cardboard and just pack it a little bit different? Because one thing I don't want to have to pay for is packaging. I'm an opener. I don't care. As long as the stuff is not going to be damaged, I don't really care what the box looks like inside. And they basically have three tray-style boxes that come out have the lids and everything. They even have printing on the interior box lids. And it's like, guys, this is all going to go back in the box and go in the storage. So that that is my first takeaway. They're overdoing the packaging, the internal packaging. The outside box, yeah, you want that to look nice. Uh, the inside box, nobody really cares. Uh, so I opened it up, and I was happy to be wrong about the quality if you remember i don't know if you had the uh, lars homestead playset. i do actually yeah okay so you know how the base is just like really crappy oh yeah real plastic. Thin plastic that's crazy like it's almost like a vintage piece. right it's so so, so thin right? that's what i was expecting the base of this to be and i was glad to be wrong it was a nice sturdy plastic. So you you have the base and then you have that big arch and you have the back wall and those three pieces like all plug into each other. And then it also has uh, some other detail that like some piping and stuff that connects the back wall and the archway. And it is good that they have some sort of gap there because otherwise it would really be dark in that area, and this allows light to come down from the top. So I, I thought it actually was a pretty nice playset. The one thing I feel is almost like a waste, and that is that it is a Boba Fett throne room, and it, and it comes with those parts, okay? All the little accessories for it. So if Jabba's not on the dais and you just put on that Boba Fett throne slash bib fortuna throne the dais is full of a bunch of other stuff like throw rugs and all sorts of little greeblies and accessories but if you want to display it as jabba's throne room which i would imagine a very 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 large majority of people would be doing all those accessories you would have to find another use for them because they don't belong on the dais then so i have a bag full of a whole bunch of accessories and the Boba Fett throne because that is not how I'm displaying it. It's nice that you have that option. The problem is everybody has to pay for that option when I would guess very few people are going to be displaying it in the Boba Fett version. Like, I don't care about the fat bib for Tuna. He's going to stay on card and someday when I'm old or get rid of my collection or whatever, he's going to go back in the box. <laughs> to try to keep the thing as intact as possible. They do have a lot of little accessories with it, and it took me all of 30 minutes to lose one. <sighs> Not happy about that. What, what did you lose? So there's, you know how it's got the little spit in the back? 
the little barbecue yeah grill well the nice thing about that it does come with two options it has like a i don't know a piece of meat or whatever which was how it was for java or you can swap it out for a kawakian lizard monkey to be on the spit for i guess the boba fett version but on that there's a little tray with two goblets and a bottle and the tray has three little indentations that are made to just slightly grip those three accessories so they stay on that tray well the one little indentation the tolerance on it is slightly off it's too tight and if you put the one glass in there or if you put either one of the glasses in there it slowly pushes it up and out of that indentation so i'm standing in front of the shelf where i'm going to display this and i'm putting all the pieces on here and the one goblet goes pops out i watch it land and hit the floor right beside my feet and a void opens up and it disappears into well probably the galaxy that thrawn is in because i cannot find it anywhere both my wife and i were looking at it we're all, all over on our hands and knees on the floor with flashlights looking everywhere i saw it hit the floor right between my feet i immediately got down on my knees looked could not find it anywhere oh man it's almost the same color as the carpet uh it's in the carpet somewhere then dude you're going to like rake your fingers to it i i I was i even looked to see if it rolled under the shelf into the closet (laughs) we looked everywhere and my wife told me later she said did it like maybe land in the cuff of your pants or something and I'm like, well, if that's true, I've been walking around all day. It's not there now. And uh, I thought maybe it actually uh, hit the floor and jumped onto my foot. So then when I moved my foot, kicked it across the room. Who knows? But I'm immediately seeing the value of this thing. Like, like oh, it just went down $30. You know, because I lost this one stupid little part. Well, but you know what room you're in, you know, it's probably just like it's slid under a t- table or it's down in deep in the carpet somewhere. Oh, I, I have no idea. I, I looked all, I looked within like a five foot radius of everywhere. Could not find it. <sighs> but anyway, uh, yes, very small and easy to lose accessories. It actually includes um, two cups that they're almost like shot glasses. And they are almost the size of shot glasses when you scale them to the figure. Like, yeah, those no, yep. things could disappear very, very easily. Yeah, those are, uh, they came with also in the Navarro Cantino, those shot glasses did. They're so yeah. tiny. Yeah. And uh, I would not be surprised if many, many, many of those go missing yeah. awfully, awfully fast. So, anyway, yeah, I, um, Getting the set in hand, opening up, putting it together, seeing all the accessories with it. Do I still think it is a little bit overpriced? Yeah, but maybe not as much as I originally thought before I got it in hand. This is pretty big. The one thing that I don't care for is the color does not match the color of the trophy wall. That was released a couple years ago. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. It's like a, it's much darker, isn't it? Than the trophy. Yeah. The trophy wall is definitely much darker. 
so the colors don't quite match. Obviously, Hasbro already said in advance, you can't necessarily connect the two. The way I have it displayed, I'll have to send you a picture, but I have the trophy wall and then the one arch wall that connects to that. And then the throne room set bumped up against that. And then the other trophy wall archway on the other side. And then my uh, my cantina entrance I have that butted up against it. You know, they're all different colors, of course. The colors don't match. But it kind of gives me an entranceway on a temporary basis that I can use going into the throne room. You know, unfortunately, they're never going to release an entrance for the palace. You kind of got to do what you got to do if you want to use them and make them all work together. I would actually probably say the easiest thing to do would be scratch build a trophy wall to line up with it and match it you know maybe take some of the parts off the trophy wall to reutilize them if you want to have a display that looks like it all belongs together and you know maybe you can match the paint colors to the throne room also it's lighter than the previous Jabba Deus that was released released that's also a darker brown too you well, have I mean, a potpourri of colors we, are, we do know they are going to reuse the Deus for that Java set coming on. There. Yeah, right. and I'm curious if they're going to make the paint match the previous release or if they're going to have it match the uh, throne room release. Or they might just have something completely different. I mean, that's mm. always that's always possible. Yeah, so my overall review, I think it's a decent play set. Slightly overpriced. I, I mean, I can see why they would not release two versions okay it wouldn't really make sense to release a java version and then also a boba fett throne room the only way i could see them maybe doing something a little bit different was they could have done a java throne room and then released as maybe a deluxe set like boba with the throne and with accessories that if you had the the throne room you could convert it that way but they probably wouldn't sell enough of the boba fett stuff then like I said, why is everyone getting it? They're not getting it for Boba Fett's throne room. Most people are getting it to be Jabba's throne room. So that's my two cents on that. Make a fine addition to my collection. Well, let's get into our topic for this evening, which we're going to be going back to our top 10 figure lists. And we uh, previously did The Power of the Jedi. I believe. And uh, for people listening, if this is your first show, we've been we've been going through all the way. We started all the way back at Kenner and did like our our top 10 vintage Kenner figures and then Power of the Force 2. And we've been working our way up. Not every episode. We've been bouncing around a bit, but we're staying in chronological order for the uh, figure list. And we are now up to what is generally considered Saga 1. Uh, Originally just called the Saga line because there was no Saga 2 at the point. Yeah, they they had a couple other collections and then they went back to calling it Saga. And everyone at that point started calling it Saga 2. This one also came out uh, when Attack of the Clones was out. And Attack of the Clones was one of the few movies, it might have been the only movie that did not have a dedicated figure line to it. Saga covered both Attack of the Clones and everything else being released. At yeah, that time. everything in the Saga. I think and it was a good smart play by Hasbro to do that because a lot of people were turned off by Phantom Menace and knowledge of the prequels put a bad taste in their mouth. 
that that movie and so why would they buy more product if it's dealing with these new prequels so calling it the saga collection like um collection bringing a lot of their old tea favorites the people have grown up with into it that helps go it and uh yeah now i will some of their decisions with the actual characters though in the model in the in the molds it noped it made me nope out and this is where i noped out permanently for 10 to 12 years and decided that all right if this is where the figures are going i'm going to do the worst thing in my life and become a responsible adult and quit collecting action figures and it was the worst decision i think i ever made in my life (laughs) um good and uh but you know you know it for what they in retrospective knowing what i know now there are some gems here and chris has made her normie list because she is also getting into the figures too she has a top 10 list it's like a one from the more than she's what was it called it the normie perspective on that yeah he's laughing and uh yeah you know i some of these might have accessory packs that i might still use to this day and that might be on the list for some of these so mm. just um so there were some good things in there i i won't go into too much on it just because i when i noped out of this i was still heavy into collecting it but i just said no I was not a fan of episode one stuff. Power of the Jedi was a little more, but then when they did this, I was like, "All right," and we'll, we'll you and I'll explain later on some of these. So, but well, there's two things that they did with this line that kind of turned me off. Uh, the first one was they were, and this was mainly for uh, like clones and Jedi characters that had a lot of action scenes. Is they had a lot of pre-posed mm-hmm. action things. So you couldn't just have your Jedi just hanging out there. No, they had to have some wild pose going on. And also they added in a lot of gimmicks on some of the figures. So one character might have a magnet in its hand. So the lightsaber like snaps onto its hand and and some different things like that, that I was not all about. I mean, maybe some kids liked it, but I was not all about that at the time. And so for that reason, it was not until years later in the Legacy Collection that I had in Episode 2, Anakin and Obi-Wan, the two main characters in in the movie, and I didn't have them for years. I passed up every version they had of those characters um, because I did not like the crazy pre-pose stuff. I didn't like the all the gimmicks and everything. So... What you will find on my list, I don't think any have any gimmicks that were on my list. I don't think I'm on either. And like you, I was not a fan of the, pre- the, the huge superposed. I mean, if they're a huge superposed, I mean, this is where, like, had these been super articulated figures that were superposed, but then you can pose them how you want them, I'd, I would pick them up. But they weren't. And I don't need A. Sakura sitting there talking. Hey, Sakura having a somber conversation with a fleet admiral, but she's like ready to slice him in half with she's having. <laughs> or, or or trying to poke him in the eyes or something. Yeah. It was I don't know. I I understand they wanted to try something new to like make the line look a little more fresh make just figures look a little more fresh and appealing. For us older collectors, I think for me at least it turned me off away from those. All right, so do you want to go first then? Sure, I'll go first. I got a couple honorable mentions. I'm like that didn't make the list, but very came very close. Number ten and nine, or just number ten, are 
Giannis Grigalis and Crin Ballista Vani, which are two of the imperial dignitaries in the saga line. Um, if those of you that know are basically they're basically salt shakers, they just movable hands. But those of you that have an imperial dignitary from the original vintage line, we there was like six of those guys coming off the shuttle with the Emperor and I always, who were the, I, they always fascinated me more. I was kind of like, who were the, than Jedi's did. Who were these guys looking out with the Emperor? What's so important about them? Why? They're, they're, they're kind of like Imperial ambassadors to the Emperor. And so when we got two of them, especially one with a big hat, I, I loved it. And I, later on, when I found out they made them, I went back immediately on eBay and bought them each. So they shared my top 10 slides because they're so similar. Both of them, the Imperial Dignitaries. All right, so my number 10, I have a alien from uh, Jabba's Palace called Tannis, I, I think it's Spijic, the last name, and uh, it's basically like a big skunk alien. Oh, um, yeah, He's, he was one of my honorable mentions I was going to tell you about. The, the, the face isn't anything like a skunk, uh, but it has a tail and it has a uh, white stripe down the back, and apparently this character is a female because... It got boobs, so. Oh yeah, it does. well, they're kind of like low on, on the body. Well, I do. Hey, 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 hey. Her species, she's she's a looker. Okay, <laughs> yeah. let me just tell you, her face may look like some naked mole rat to us, but you know, back on her home planet, she's a ten, and that's where she ranks on my list. <laughs> <laughs> So now, did, did you do 10 and 9 for your Imperial Dignitaries? I said, I'm going to let Normie Chris go. She wants to, I'm going to give her a chance to see what, which one she likes real quick. Okay. Um, so my number 10 was Count Dooku. Um, I actually really like his facial expression um, and the texture on his clothes. Now, was it Count Dooku or Darth Tyrannus? Because I... I seem to remember that one of his figures was labeled Darth Tyrannus and was a bit of a spoiler for people. It says Dark Count Dooku Dark Lord. Yeah, number 27. Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. All right. So my number nine was technically a repaint, but it made a new character. It was A Vida, which she was a backgrounder. She was the Twi'lek dancer girl, but she wasn't a dancer girl. She was like at the bar drinking. Um, at the Outrider Club when Obi-Wan and Anakin walk into there hunting down that uh, one bounty hunter. And I didn't know this till years later. She's a repaint of the red Twi'lek woman that's like one of um, Sebulba's like... From Watto's Box. Yeah, Watto's Box. Yeah, I didn't know that until years later that that's just a repaint of that because they, they really covered that and made that look good like it's a separate character. So, yeah. Hey, yeah, and I'm a big toilet guy. guy she comes with a good accessory. She has a stool. Yep, that good stool looks good. Uh, solid pick. Well, I I really like her. All right, my number nine, only one spot higher than you. Again, they share that. Uh, they share that spot is the two imperial dignitaries, whatever the heck their names are. I'm not even going to try to say them. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, they're uh, they're just salt shakers. But this was the first time we had either of those two characters back in kenner we had simalu uh these two guys are different no no look we call him simalu but 
that didn't come till much later because for a long time, even during the Rogue Squadron comics, I thought that was Saint Pestage. They have very similar. To where I thought they were the same guy, they just I figured they just took the Imperial Dignitary and made him. I didn't hmm. know who Similu was. Like that was when did the name Similu even come around? Well, back in that day, he was just referred to as Imperial Dignitary. Yeah, so. I can't figure out where they got Similu from, unless that's like I don't know, maybe some maybe the legend, maybe the the legends, one of the legend stories where Mag88 becomes the Death Star's computer or something. It right. it could it could have been <laughs> it could have been a little horrible story. <laughs> All right, well, you know, maybe we need to get to the bottom of that sometime. We, we do. We, we need to do a show that's all weird stories and like misnames and all that kind of stuff. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Sorry, I'm like rushing now because I realized that I missed half of the list. Um, okay, so Bomar Monk. Oh, that was going to be that, one of my honorable missions. That looks so cool. It looks so cool. And that is actually technically a uh, re release. Oh, yeah, because it was in, like, the big pack, wasn't it? Uh, the uh, mail-in, wasn't it? It was originally the mail-in and Power of the Force 2, and then they released it again in a pack. I think had maybe, like, a like a couple different droids and, and creatures. Yeah, because it had the uh, the little toad. Yeah. The toad-looking yeah, creature. Hebo, yeah. yeah. And the little oh. uh, snail with a suction cup yep. sort of thing. Um they re-released the Bomar Monk, but it had a different coloring on it the blue uh, gel, blue liquid in it instead of red in the uh, in the in the pack. Actually, I think you got backwards. I th- oh, I think is that what red it is? is the was the second release? Oh, okay, but yeah, I could fill my brain with useful knowledge, and instead, <laughs> I I remember this crap. <laughs> that, that now let me. That's a solid pick from a normie, by the way, Chris. Just letting you know. Thanks. My number eight. Was a was a droid, which I saw in the original trilogy, and I had always thought it was cool just because it was so tall. Um, I didn't know they made a toy of it till after I started collecting again back around 2012. But once I did, I had to have it, and that was R1 G4, the big old, which is like an R1 unit that's extra tall. It kind of looks like like a like what a droid would look like in the 19 late 50s and early 60s before. <laughs> They get the technology of how people perceive technology got better. Yeah, this was uh, uh, part of the droid sale. Yep. I think you actually see him being lowered down in that scene uh, from the Sandcrawler. I think you do too. He comes with a little like base sculpted for him too of the like, sand and stuff, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I remember when that figure came out and uh, it, it's a big figure. Um, by today's standards, it would be a deluxe figure. And I was actually surprised because you don't really see it in the movie real well, but he actually has two little claws that you can pull out of the body. Not very far. They pull out like maybe a quarter of an inch at most, but it actually has two little claws that come out. And if you look underneath, he has treads on the bottom of his uh, body. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, Yeah, very good figure. And our first and only release, I would actually say, if they ever wanted to put him on a vintage card, I mean, there's not much more they can really do with him. I mean, didn't, isn't there a very version of this droid, though, in the second season, in either the first season of Mandalorian security droids? 
they took inspiration from it where they made the bottom a little bit different and it floats yeah but but the main body and head (laughs) or dome or whatever you want to call it is similar so you can definitely tell they said hey let's use that droid but we need it to be a little bit more mobile because when you saw it in the movie and i know as a kid i didn't necessarily think that was a droid it looked more like just a piece of machinery. Yeah, that's what I thought it was at first. All right, my number eight might be a little bit of a surprise because it is from the special edition, and it's from the scene that I probably hate the most, and that is the new band scene from Jabba's Palace, which I think that whole scene is an abomination. But it, the character is Rapper Toonie, and he's kind of like this green Muppety frog-looking thing. sitting on this big chair and uh not a whole lot you can really do with him like his legs are sore pre-posed i don't like the scene i think the character looks pretty cool and you could take him and he could be playing in a cantina somewhere or whatever he doesn't have to be in java's palace uh that is my number eight yeah yeah he's he's something oh yeah okay that's all i can say (laughs) (laughs) you know what i gotta say about like his facial design especially i think he was all cg in the movie but he looks like he was made from jim jim henson i want to say it might be him and the yuzum both were actually created back for the 83 uh movie yuzum was never used now here's something interesting too yuzum showed up in a return because i had this as a kid if you remember the activity books they had where mm-hmm. one page might have been like a word find and one's like, uh, you know, a page to color or quizzes and you just got all sorts of different activities for kids. I had a couple of these Return of the Jedi books and they had a coloring page of Yuzlum. And I remember thinking, where the heck was that in the movie? Because, you know, this was before a special edition. This was back when the original was out. So it showed up maybe one or two places, but I don't think it was ever in the movie. I think it was nothing more than either a drawing or a maquette. And so it was actually brought back out of the mothballs, basically, to be in the special editions. And in the special editions, it was all CG. So what's your number eight? All right. So my number eight is Massive. With, I guess it came with a Genosian warrior. Um, he's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> that is my normie take. He's so ugly, he's cute. <laughs> Wait, like the dog massive or the one we yes, just got? Yes, he's got yeah, a they, chain. he's got this wonky little smile and these big black eyes. Like they I'm released really it two different ways. <laughs> they released it with the Geonosian that didn't have any wings, and then they also released it with a Tuscan Raider. Yeah, I don't remember if the, the I don't Genosian. remember if the Tuscan release was Saga one. I think it was. I think you might be right because I did see it again down towards the bottom of the list. I think. Yeah, it was <laughs> exactly the same massive accessory. It just came with a different a different figure. Huh? Which that you know would be a deluxe. Now you <laughs> you put a loath cat with a character and it's a deluxe. All right, we're up to number seven. Ah, well, my number seven, as spoke before, was the Bomar Monk. I remember seeing it in the background of Return of the Jedi when 3PO and R2 walk into Jabba's palace. And he goes, oh, how horrid, and he walks away. And then later on in the EU was really where they kind of shine. And you, 
where they explained Java's palace wasn't built. He took it from the Bomar monks who, no matter what race they are, once they reach a certain enlightenment, they have their bodies take, they have their brains taken out of their bodies and hooked up to the spider droids. And so they would then live life contemplating things through a monk's body, which are the spiders. And we know in now, because it's canon, Bib Fortuna in the old EU did survive the cell barge explosion because he got, he left it early because he had to go back to the palace and do something. Well, eventually he gets attacked because eventually what happens is Java's palace gets overran by the monks when they find out he's dead and they basically kill everybody and put him in the monk spider bodies. And that was Bib Fortuna for a long time until later on he gets himself back out and goes into another Twi'lek body. I remember it was a hefty Twi'lek body too, which might be a reason why he's gained so much weight. In the, I, didn't, uh... I didn't remember him getting a new physical body. Oh, I yeah, do remember him did. going in the Bomar Monk and it even featured in one of the Dark Horse comics. I remember... Oh, yeah. Someone had Bib Fortuna there as yeah. the spider droid. He's in he's in Tales of Java's Palace, where they talk about a lot about how he gets they talk about how he, he's making the plan to get out of the Bomar Monk body by mm. using because the Bomar Monk's body has all those little has like a magnetic little utensil they can use. And he's sitting there in a console slowly typing out messages to be sent to one of his business partners or something like that, who's also a Twi'lek. And, but it didn't explain what happened to him. And then after that, and then later in the Rogue Squadron books, which takes place a few months later, he's in it and he gets in his business partner shows up and he has the droids capture the business partner, cut his brain out and just throw it away or whatever, and puts his brain back in his business partner's body. It's like the very last two pages of, of one of the Rogue Squadron Battlegrounds Tatooine uh, hmm. uh, issues. It was, uh, which is why. I, when I saw him back in the end of season two of Mandalorian, I was like, ah, Dave and John must have did their homework, or they just decided, well, he survived, one of the two. So my number seven, uh, Chris already covered this, is her number eight. It's the Geonosian with Massive. And oh. it's mainly makes the list, not for the figure, but because I love little animals and creatures. I, I know with G.I. Joe, I would I would get G.I. Joe characters that came with animals that I didn't even care but about the figure. I just, yep. Yep. So I uh I have that as my number seven. So Chris. So my number seven is actually Watto. Um aside from his coloring a little bit. I, I wish he was a little bit more dusty and um whatnot to go with Tatooine, but I like his character. I forgot they released him for Attack of the Clones. Yeah, his his coloring is just off. It's it's not, you know, it's a little, little yellow and bright, you know. So we're on to number six. All right, my number six. Let me see here. Oh, now this one is purely from nostalgia and inside baseball, but it is the Jedi youngling student, Ashla the Tegruda. And if you know your Clone Wars behind the scenes stuff. He was originally what Ahsoka was going to be with Ashley. He was going to age her up for about a couple of years and make her a student, but they decided not to, for possible legal and or copyright uh, payout reasons. They decided to make a new character called Ahsoka. And also because Dave was going to make an entire new crew of people not use Anakin and Obi-Wan, but Luke George was like, no, we are going to use Anakin and Obi-Wan for the and it's the Ashla they made another Tigruta called Soka. Well, yeah. and and to build on that lore, the term Ashla is even older than the character. Oh yes, by many decades actually. 
going all the way back to George Lucas's original writings, uh, the Force had two sides, the light and the dark, also known as the Ashla, Ashla? and the Bogan. Bogan. You're correct. So what are we at? Uh, number six, right? So my number six is Kit Fisto, one of the few pre-posed characters from Attack of the Clones to make the list. I just always thought he had a really, really cool look and design. I actually like the Attack of the Clones version of his head versus how he looked in uh, Revenge of the Sith where they gave him the more alien gray sort of almond-shaped eyes. thought Kit Fisto was pretty cool. I think this version also came with a vac metalized lightsaber hilt uh yeah with all that with his flowing non-hair things and his gur face yep yeah um you know maybe i was out of college for a year or two at that point but all the dudes loved kid fisto just his name is fisto that's the first thing you know <laughs> you know he-man you know fisto and then kit i mean he's got the big huge black eyes and in the in the movie he's not really angry he's smiling because he's kind of like you know taking care of stuff and he's not sweating too much so a lot of, a lot of the kids the kind of jedi that wouldn't be super stuffy like he yeah, would be exactly. the kind you could go you could go have a have a glass of spotchka with him you know he would be cool to hang out with yeah and, and i yeah all the dudes in the neighborhood liked if so like yeah he's my favorite because everyone's my other favorite jedi i i i always like kid fisto i had forgot he's in revenge of the sith because he he really almost He's only in there for like five seconds and falls over. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, good solid pick. I like Kid Fisto. Chris, your number six. So my number six is Lama Sue. Lama Sue. Yeah, they're they're interesting characters, and I really like uh, how they did her skirt. This wouldn't happen to have anything to do with the fact that she looks like Nella Say. It takes care of Omega, would it? I mean, maybe a little bit, but she looks a little bit better than that one. So I picked this one. <laughs> Yeah, she was one of only two Genosian figures that we ever got, and uh, got them in this. Uh, I don't think they ever re-released them. I think this was the only line that they ever released them in. And uh, one of them, I think it's Lamasu, comes with like a little canister, right? Doesn't she come with? Uh... I think so I'm trying to figure out which number she is. I'm, I'm, I'm so, going. so Lamasu, number ten, two thousand three. Um. It says she comes with a clone child, but it was actually the other one that had the little canister. But Lama oh, Sue's was, um, dress really on Wii. Okay, okay, La- yeah, Lama Sue. He was the he was like the head, the leader. Oh yeah, yeah, he was the administrator. Okay, right, yes, right, right, he's right. in. He's in Bad Batch. Well, technically, Nala say Lama Sue and Ton Wee are all three in Bad Batch, but Ton Wee Lee. was from Attack of the Clones. She was the one that came that. Then Obi Wan when he first gets there. Yeah, yeah. And then I I always get their three names mixed yeah, up. Me too. Um, but but Tawn Wee, she came with like a little a little see, cylinder. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was originally supposed to have a little clone fetus in it, and they thought, well, that, it, that's kind of a creepy thing to have in a little kid's toy. Yeah, just so they took it out, which is why it is just an empty canister. Yeah, that's right. I forgot Lama Sue is the, the male like administrator, which he survives Bad Batch along with Nala Say, but Lama Sue does not. Remember, she 
Yeah. Uh, she's killed. So by... Lama Sue, technically, we don't have the figure of her. Yeah, we do. Lama Sue's the guy. He's the administrator. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 But I it's... thought he died. No. No. Before no. Bad Batch. No. no Nala Say. In... She was the one we didn't get a figure of. Yeah, Nala Say is in Babbitt. She's the one, also the one, but she's she's the one we don't have a figure of. Correct. Because her and Tom Weed look almost look a lot alike. So, I mean, that might be, I don't know, what are they called? Uh, Geonosian? No, not called what, What's the race called? Um, Kaminoans. Kaminoans. I mean, it would be a little Kaminoist. I yes. can tell the clones apart better than apparently I can remember the names of all the <laughs> Kaminoans. And there's only like three Kaminoans that we ever meet, really, and I can't even keep the three of them straight. Yep, one of them's, and then Tonwi, she's killed in Bad Tonwi, Dad, Tonwi, um, All right. That's all right. Like Kaminoans, man. Oof. I know. Okay, on to number, so five. number five. So my number five is one of the few times and i will i am admitting that this is a little is a padme amadali not the droid factory chase it's the secrets marriage ceremony where she has the the hair and this in the except in the accessory helps where she gets the half the wall little like banister thing that you can merge with the oh, Anakin, yeah. the marriage ceremony and make the entire marriage part yeah that yeah, we will probably going, never get that figure again in any never get or that or that accessory again, but that was a great little figure with that. Shots that would be a deluxe the- today too with that environment piece. All right, my number five is another character from Jabba's Palace, and he reuses the legs and arms from my number ten, uh, Tana Spyjack. And that is Jaquil, the Whippid Hunter. Oh, that was also my on my honorable uh, mention. He's like the kind of like the tusk. He's got tusks and a pouch. So hey, it's kind of like a bipedal yak or something. Yeah, but but that would be yak face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what Jaquil. More like a He's, like a pig. A board, yeah. Thing, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, he's a pretty big, bulky figure, and uh, uh, definitely one of those key characters from Jabba's Palace we needed. So he is my number five. So my number five is also Padme. Um, I like the Lars Homestead one. I really like the cloak, and I really like the blue dress, and I like her hair. Yeah, it's a nice figure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Damn, I I wish I would have saw that one. She also comes with a nice little base part of, like, the Tatooine Sand. Yep. And that cloak comes off, and you can see underneath. Yeah, yeah that's a good figure. Which, look at all the detail in the back of that dress. That deco. Yeah, that's a good figure. I, mean, I wish I would have seen that earlier. All right, well, ooh, that face sculpt, though. Hmm. <laughs> okay, number right, so four. My number four is a my a, another prequel character, just because I thought he looked cool. He had a cool voice, and it was kind of a quirky thing. And he comes back later in the Clone Wars and later in Revenge of the Sith, would be the leader of the Techno Union uh, Guild, Watt Tambor, the big mechanical looking steampunk guy. I always liked his look. He's got the big armor chest plate as an ambassador with the goggles. Kind of reminds me of something from Fallout. So, yeah, like, cool, I'm cool with it. And he also came with that uh, cool, like, little, like, part of the arena he's walking over or something. Yeah, it's like a little computer console, and I think you can plug in like a little. 
isn't there like a little hologram figure or something that plugs into yeah. the top? I think I'm not sure what that is. If that's his ship or one of the separatist ships or what, what the heck is that? Yeah, I um, it, I didn't get that figure right away. It was years later when I was trying to fill some holes in my collection. I picked him up and uh, I ended up getting rid of him. My um, my one friend uh, when we were doing um, Star Wars RPG, his character was a, te- a techno union uh member and so i gave him the figure i'm like i'm like eh, i'm downsizing some of my collection so i gave him that figure so my number four and that is the macquarie stormtrooper ah one of the few i have that that's a very nice one with the shield yeah it was a cool figure now i don't have that version of him because later on in the 30th anniversary collection which that's going to be tough to narrow that down to just 10 uh, that was a great line. They re-released him, and I, I thought they did a much better look with the paint and everything on him. In the sculpt, they tightened up the sculpts on from that too, which I agree. I agree. That was a good one. All right, my number four is Palpatine, and the number thirty-nine from two thousand two. I uh, it's one of the few versions of him that I can stand to actually look at. And I love the detail they've done on his robes, both the front and the back. Um, but the hands, as with a lot of the figures in this line, are a little um, oversized. But other than that, I think this one's really good. So, number three. Alrighty. My number three ah, is in a New Hope figure, another one, would be a guy that I saw in the early 80s. We were watching Star Wars, and didn't think I'd ever get a pick. He's a backgrounder called Josh Pure. He's the guy that's basically he's solid, like got a big, big head. He's got the, like uh, dual pistols. Oh yeah, he's got a very, he's got a very like 1950s sci-fi look to it. Yes, yes, he you does. know, he got the big bulbous head and the pointy ears. Yep. Elven ears kind of on him. He's got the big ball of his head. He had the dual pistols. And I liked his, like, just his outfit looks like he's a spacer or something, too. Because um, yeah, remember, like, when he made idea. it, mostly, most people had the same torso and legs, but your if your hands and head were different, you were a different race of species. Um, I wasn't too thrilled on the big, on the step board. I, I like my cantina patrons to sit, but, you know, that's the only time we've ever got that character, so. And yeah, probably the only up. time we ever will, unfortunately. Yeah, I picked him up and uh, a couple years ago, and I'm glad I did. So, Diaspler, Diaspler, her. All right, my number three, Dexter Jetster. Oh, old buddy! Yeah! Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like, like my list. He was another I like my aliens to look kind of crazy and, and different. Um... You know, that was one thing about Star Trek is it was always a bunch of bumpy, uh, bumpy foreheaded aliens with weird ears or noses or something. And Star Wars was not afraid to just go all out and crazy and different with uh, their aliens. So I really liked Dexter Jester. He was a, he was a cool character. Cool, cool look. Owner. He was the diner owner. Yeah, yep. the big must. He has a. I'm glad they sculpted in the mustache. People don't. Why well, you miss that in Attack of the Clones? He's got a mustache in the front of his face. And uh, yep. yeah, I remember behind the scenes watching uh, Rick McCollum, and 
George argue over which version of this guy's going to be better. And George was like, well, basically, he's an Ernest Borgnine character. And Mickey McCollum goes, well, it must be this guy. Then. Yeah. And, good, and George is like, your job is to agree with me, Rick. Shut up. <laughs> and pretty much. Yes. Yes, sir. All right. So my number three, Matt had already selected earlier, and that's the Padme uh, secret ceremony. Um, it's, it's done very well. It's beautiful. All right. So we're at number two. Number two. All right. I think I'm at my number two here. My number two, if I remember this correctly, let me see where he's at here. He is, if I, he was the customer choice, or what was it called when we did a poll? They did polls. Fan's on, choice. Fan's choice. And he was a big, bulky character from Jawa's Palace called Efont Mon. Yeah. There is no way they would single card a figure that big today's standard no they they wouldn't even make him a deluxe they would they would call that like a beast (laughs) uh you know i got mine for a very reasonable price he was loose he didn't have his weapon um i guess he goes for a little bit now but yes i i i i have like the little where the little um uh the model of java's palace from 83 or 84 that came out which has all their names, by the way, the infant Mon and all this stuff. And uh, he, even then, he's a little bulky, little great character that you can make on the model, the little one twenty-four scare model or whatever it was. Um, and I remember seeing that, like, wow, that guy's cool. And then I remember seeing like him in the art, like he said in the artwork of stuff. I think he's in Tales of Jaws Palace as well. And when I found out they made that, they released him, I think, twice, didn't they? Here and once in the thirtieth anniversary. I uh, I think this was the only time he was released. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, I love Ethan Mon. He's he looks great. He looks again kind of like a fifty sci-fi with all that crazy stuff on, but he works. So yes, Ethan excellent, Mon. excellent sculpt too. Excellent yeah, a lot of detail. Model. You are correct. So my number two uh, was earlier on in your list, Matt was R one G four, the large aspect. Oh yeah, the Sam Crawler. <laughs> Uh, I like my droids. I love my droids. And um, the only time we ever we ever got this character. And uh, pretty much perfect the way it is. Uh, they could re-release it today and not really have to change anything on it. Uh, the only thing I would change, I would change that little like forward lean the body has. You know what I'm talking about? But But that's, I think, how it was in the film. I think it oh, was yeah. kind of like cocked forward a little bit. Yeah. Oh, well, okay then. I mean, I guess if they wanted to, they could maybe articulate the dome and have it turn or have like another arm that can come out of it or whatever. But as far as basically replicating what you see on screen, they they nailed it first time. Chris? So my number two was Dexter Jetster. <laughs> uh, he, he just looks skeevy and cool. My bad. I always like, got a kind of a creepy vibe from Dexter Jexter in the movie. Like, he was trying to give Obi-Wan help, but like, he would send Obi-Wan out there to get killed. Because he didn't come off as a, he came off at first as a friendly guy, but you got there's something like, 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 he comes <laughs> off kind of creepy to me. Yeah, I could, yeah, I could see that. Like, like what's like, her face from Bad Batch? You think of huh? Sid? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Sid. Sid. Sid, yeah. Sid. Gosh. Ugh. Less said the better. <laughs> so, what are our number ones here? Well, my number one's very boring, so I doubt either of you will have them. 
but he was the first time and only time we ever got this character from Empire Strikes Back. It came with an accessory that I still use to this day. My number one was General Riken. Because he came first off, it's he's got the, the echo based general body. And secondly, he comes with the readout board that I was we've never got that we never really got in his success. I don't think we ever got that again, did we? Where he came out with um, I think they released Riken just single carded yeah. later on, but not with the, the tactical screen. Nope. Which yeah, um, I, th- there there's someone <clears throat> Uh, that's going to be coming out with tactical screens very shortly. Oh, both, really? Both, uh, both that style and the ones that are the taller ones, where they're basically like sitting on the floor. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm, a- I'm actually looking at some pieces right now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, I always loved it. I use it all the time for stuff in my photo novels and dioramas. General Riken. Yeah, great, great figure, but, um, yeah, didn't uh, didn't make it for me just based on on the fact that it it's the accessory that really makes that figure true. Good the the pack in. So my number one uh, was your number two, and that is Ifontman. That is <laughs> such a great figure. I love it. I love it. I'm oh not, man, I'm cracking up. So my number one is also Ethan Mon. <laughs> uh, hey, look, he didn't he didn't get the fans' choice <laughs> award or whatever for nothing. Obviously, uh, mm. people really wanted this figure, and I love it that they gave him an articulated jaw. Yeah. Oh, cool. And uh, he even has like a knife that can clip to his belt. It's kind of hidden by his. Uh, robes or whatever that's a great figure like the greasy hair look the stringy hair coming down in front of the face like it it's just all there's so yeah. much texture and and detail on in this yeah he is a serious paperweight he is heavy <laughs> probably probably one of the biggest individual figures they ever made him and pote simkin whatever his name is from also, one of the uh, the sail barge skiff, and, and even uh, he is small compared to Ifant Mon. Yeah. Um, about the only, I mean, Hermiotal comes close. I think. Oh yeah, but that covers our top ten. This is a line when I look back on it, I always say, "Oh yeah, that was when things weren't so great." And I didn't like a lot of what they did with the, with the gimmicks and the pre-posing. But then I look at this top 10 list and I say, you know what? We did have some pretty good figures in there. Agreed. Like, uh, we had a good, some good, we had good accessories too. I mean, that'll make a break a purchase for me as a good accessory. So I might not get something, but it has good, like, I normally probably wouldn't get a, a plain general Riken, but he has a good tactical screen. Yeah, and I and I think about it too, and I say, okay, well, if they didn't release these figures in the saga, I think except for maybe three figures on my list, the other ones were never re-released, or they they didn't have new sculpts. So um, good we had them, especially especially because now, you know, we probably just wouldn't get them at all. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, unless you have anything more to add about the saga one, I think uh, I think we're gonna wrap it up. The next top ten for figures will be the original trilogy collection. There was a lot of good figures there too. Yes, there was. Now that I'm I'm actually counting the regular original trilogy collection and the vintage collection subline. Oh, the vintage original VOTC. Okay, I got it, you. It, yeah, it was not the original vintage, but the original modern vintage. <laughs> I can tell you one thing: that's vintage, and that's the hosts of this show. <laughs> oh Lord, I, we'll just have to explain it. I'll, I'll explain to Chris what what it all means because you know, she's gonna be asking, "What is it? What? What?" I, like I know, I know, just. <laughs> All right, well, that wraps it up for this episode. And uh, again, like I said earlier in the show, uh, if you like the show and want to give us a good rate and review, that would be awesome. It'll help more people find it. Tell a friend, tell your family, tell a fellow collector. And, uh, you know, depending who you tell, they might be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't listen to podcasts and I don't care about Star Wars. And uh, you don't need those kind of people in your life. So just... keep that in mind uh anyway if uh you don't like the show well just keep it to yourself we don't need those kind of reviews uh also if you want to follow us we do have a facebook page uh you can follow us there we don't really post a whole lot except mentioning when new episodes are out usually we also have a youtube and rumble channels where we'll occasionally post videos Again, not very often. Uh, last one we posted was uh, the one about the TIE Fighters. A lot of people seem to like. Uh, we'll do more video stuff, you know, when we find it appropriate. If people want to find me and follow my work, uh, they can go to holeinthegroundpro.com. The home of Hole in the Ground Productions, where you can get all kinds of awesome prop and diorama kits make all kinds of stuff uh vehicles that they never made before great play sets oh you want a death star play set well you can build your own if you want with parts that i have available and uh i also have a page for hole in the ground productions on facebook and instagram so you can also follow my work there so matt where can people find you I'm usually found uh trolling around instagram on resguy underscore the underscore ghost um the the photo the action figure photography community there is growing and i'm glad to see more people joining in on it um other than that you can usually find me hanging around the boards at old school where i still i'm getting back into the, the whole forum board community out there who we decided they these guys decided not to go off to facebook and all that stuff but so it's like a like going back 20 years 2003 Hey, you know what? I love it. I, I've been getting so much more into, you know what? Here's how we used to do things. And in some cases, I like I like that better. Um, I'm on Rebel Scum, but I, n- I never really post there. I was kind of always on yakface.com. And then their forums went down a couple of years ago. They still haven't gotten those back up. I saw Rebel Scum, their forums. Apparently, they've been having some issues lately. Hopefully they'll get that straightened out. The forums I'm generally on, 
uh, is uh, imperialshipyards.net. Um, one of the things I like about them is they're they're very much into promoting creator works, where Rebel Scum is more mainstream stuff and collectible announcements. Um, the thing I like about Imperial Shipyards is that's really a, a good place for people that are customizers and diorama builders. And, you know, they cover a couple things. You know, people will talk about, say, Jurassic Park or Chap May or some of these other non-official Hasbro lines as well. So um, I tend to like that for that reason. With that, we will bid everyone farewell until next episode. I don't know what our topic's going to be. Uh, we usually don't decide until the last minute. <laughs> we'll see everyone then. Later. Good night, everybody. Good night. Do take good care of yourself.